Welcome back to the Caption Life Show. And in today's episode, we'll be talking with Mark Bell, who is the creator and owner of Plague Doctor Press. Before we dive into the episode, let's talk about our spotlight for today, and that is Outsider Comics. Outsider Comics is a queer and trans worker-owned local comic book store located in Seattle, Washington. They cater to comic readers of all ages and experiences, and they are proud to host an LGBTQIA plus inclusive environment. So definitely check them out. I have a link in the show notes below. Let's start the episode. Hi, and welcome to The Caption Life, a show for the most casual and dedicated fans of comics and a member of the Comic Watch family. I am your host, Sean. Join me and discover what the world of comics and graphic novels has to offer. From one-on-one interviews with industry professionals to roundtable discussions with passionate fans and reviews on the latest comics, TV shows, and movies. You can find me on social media under the username at CapsonLife. You can also find more episodes and information at thecapsonlife.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Caption Life. And here on the show, we love comics in all shapes and sizes. And we also love to support small, independent comics publishing companies as much as possible. Today, we're excited to have someone on the show who owns and operates one of their own. So please welcome the owner of Plague Doctor Press, Mark Bell. Mark is a devoted father, loving husband, passionate podcaster, comic creator, and dedicated media educator. He's also the publisher of Plague Doctor Press, which has successfully kickstarted and released two books, Spirit and Zed. With an unwavering commitment, Mark actively cultivates a diverse, inclusive space within the realm of comics. Mark, welcome to the show tonight. How are you doing? Great. It's uh, thanks for having me on. Before we get into talking about your um, your comic book company and, and publishing company and all that, one of the things I like to do is talk a little bit about the guests in terms of like outside of comics because I feel like in, in today's age, in this day and age, that we always kind of fit into our niche because that's how social media, how a lot of things, you know, tell us, you know, if you want to, you know, be successful or if you want, you know, if you go and do anything, you need to be in your niche. And I feel like we have to kind of break out of that mold. So I want to talk to you a little bit about who you are, and what you do outside of comics. And one of the things that you and I were talking about before we hit the record button is you and I are both huge hockey fans. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm Canadian. Yeah. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I grew up in Canada. I'm, I emigrated to the U S in 99, 98, mm-hmm. October 98. And, uh, have been trying to bring uh, NHL to Indianapolis. Ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, well, and when I was growing up, um, we had the Indianapolis ice, which was a fantastic team to watch. And there were uh, definitely minor leagues and, you know, they, they kind of went through a transformation and kind of went away for a while. And then I think back in, you know, like mid 2010s or maybe even early 2010s, we got a new team called the Indy Fuel um, that my kid and I likes to go and watch him. He loves hockey. I love hockey, but they also do a lot of fun family themes as well, too. Yeah. So they'll have like superhero night. They'll have, you know, pet night where you can bring your pets and things yeah. like that. Um, so Indianapolis has a minor league hockey team. That's actually a lot of fun. So even if you're not somebody that's a fan of hockey if you just want to go check it out you can go on one of the nights where you can maybe do something fun if you decide that you get bored from watching hockey for whatever reason but i can't imagine why because it's just a lot of fun going and watching them um and they do a lot of fun stuff but your your team your favorite team is the toronto maple Leafs, correct yes i'm uh uh, a team that has not won a championship (laughs) in my lifetime yeah yeah just (laughs) just recently broke 
a 19 year playoff drought in the first round, but then oh, yeah. probably got beat out in the second round. But, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I haven't watched the NHL in, in years, but I know my team growing up um, is the Chicago Blackhawks. And I know they have kind of went through a similar spell where they were really, you know, they've done really well. They've actually won Stanley cup in my lifetime, but you know, I think, you know, you and I were talking about the past, Maybe ten years they haven't really been doing as well as they used to. So well, they they won the draft lottery this year, the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks. So they yeah. get first draft in the draft this year because nice. there's a kid Connor Bedard who is just a phenomenal athlete and a phenomenal kid, and he's there was kind of a lottery to get him. That yeah. was really what it was all about this year. So gotcha. It, it should be an interesting draft, and they sold pretty. Uh, Pretty wholeheartedly at the at the the uh, deadline, like uh, Patrick Kane is now a Ranger. So, oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> see, and he's been with like the Blackhawks for the longest time. I think that was his yeah. first team, and he was there yeah. for the longest time. Like when I was following the Blackhawks, he was there. Um, so that's interesting. What um, another interesting thing that I just came across recently, and my brother is a huge Dallas Stars fan. So we were actually watching the Dallas Stars play um, tonight when we were over at my parents earlier. Um, but he and I were talking about, I guess their backup goalie, their, you know, goalies are known for getting like really cool artwork on their mask and kind yep. of, you know, making it like really fun and interesting. But I guess their backup goalie for the Dallas Stars has a Ninja Turtles theme mask yeah, he has that he a wears. Ninja yeah. Turtles theme mask. Yeah. Yeah. Which and is that just was really fantastic. cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was telling him about that. And because I think someone posted it on Twitter and I sent it to him, I was like, oh, hey, look at this. And, and um, he found out that it was a backup goalie. And, and he said, like, the only reason why, Anyone probably found out about it is because the goalie that night, I guess, um, led in four goals um, yep. with within like nine or ten shots, which is you know four goals is bad, but with it's when it's within nine or ten shots, like that's definitely a tough one. So it was not that goalie's night. But playoffs um, are a long and difficult road. <laughs> it is, yeah, it definitely is. So awesome. Well, yeah. So I I love the fact that I have another hockey fan that I get to talk to a little bit. Um, so it's good to you know know a little bit about you know the things that you love outside of comics. We but are get, few and far between, <laughs> especially uh, in, in in Indiana because Indiana is Indiana. very much a basketball and football state, um, and hockey doesn't have as much of a presence um, as those sports. But I mean, hopefully we can you know try to get hockey to grow a little bit more in this state because I think there's a lot of potential for that. It would be nice. There's only 25 U.S. teams, and there's 32 football teams and 31 baseball teams that are uh, U.S. based. Yeah. So there's some room. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And and you know, Indianapolis has the space and capacity for it as well too. So I think it's definitely possible, and hopefully, you know, that'll happen in in our lifetime. So we'll see. Well, um, we'll win the lottery and bring uh, bring the uh, Arizona Coyotes here. Yeah, so that'd be so great. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about um, you and your comic book uh, publishing company. Um, before we get into your uh, publishing company, though, let's talk about your comic book origin story. What got you into comic books? So I've heard, I've watched a couple of your videos, and and. I got to tell you, dude, stop apologizing for asking about origin stories. I love origin <laughs> stories. They're fantastic. Yeah it, yeah. Is, it is the way in for a young reader to go, something in my life can change and uh -huh. I can become great. 
That's right. what an origin story is. Right. And right. I loved secret origins. I love origins stories for all sorts of comics. And so don't apologize for it, man. It's okay. I, no, I. it's not so much I apologize. It's more of like I thought that was an original idea I had, but then I hear a lot of comic book themed podcasts also have that question. So I'm like, it's wow. not as original, but I mean, I still like that question. Like I'm still yeah. asking it every episode. So I still think that, you know, it's a lot of fun to talk about that. Um, I just try to do like my own little twist on it sometimes. So I think one of the episodes I was reviewing a comic book on uh, Batman. And so I asked the guest there, like, what was their Batman comic? bookstory like what was the first batman comic they read and and all that so i try to be a little bit specific on that but um yeah i try not to apologize for that it was just more of it was as original as i thought it was so but yeah what's your comic book origin story though so i i grew up right from a very early age seeing uh newsprint comics in the grocery store and in the drugstore like Mm -hmm. i bought I bought Crisis on Infinite Earths number one off a rack in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. I bought uh, um, Terry Austin and uh, Batman comics off the rack in the grocery store. I, right. you know, that sort of twenty-five cent, fifteen cent comics. I can remember comics going to a dollar and just being, "Oh my gosh, how <laughs> on earth are we ever going to pay a dollar for comics?" <laughs> and in, into my teen years, we started to begin to have that urge to create. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a different time. This is like 84 to, to 89 in terms of of the, those teenage years. For me, there's no Marvel uh, make comics the Marvel way. It hadn't even come out yet. I don't think if it had, we, get, we certainly didn't have a copy. Right. So we were stuck with a book and we we're trying to figure out what all these jobs are, what are like how it all worked. Cause mm-hmm. there was no press or anything like that. And certainly not like YouTube today where you're like, how do I letter this page? Oh, there's 16 videos of how to letter the pages. You can letter and procreate or you, you know, there's 16 different ways to do it now. And right. we had, we had that to figure out. And I actually have original pages that we did in the eighties. Mm, that I cool. still have those pages. Right. They're not great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, first but time out. We, yeah. <laughs> but we had that urge to make right away. And I was lucky at that point in time, my best friend was an artist and I, I wrote stories. That was always my thing was writing stories. So mm-hmm. I would write and he would, uh, uh, draw them. And we, you know, we were into very much into, Burn and Perez and then Sankiewicz came along and totally blew our minds and we were like we're not ready for this and then Arthur <laughs> Adams comes along and goes oh I'm pushing it up another notch right so we then you know college girls all sorts of things happen right <laughs> and um I, it's not that I didn't have time for comics I was reading things like Sandman and and comics that of that nature. Um, m- one of my first classes in college uh, was called Mass Political Violence, and the first p- text we had to read was Mouse. And oh, I never read anything like Mouse before, and I was like, Yeah, hey, now this is really good. And another another area of especially independent comics that we were 
getting was National Lampoon's magazine, mm. which was a kind of bro magazine almost. It was yeah, I, it was pretty interesting for its time, but it had Linda Berry and Buddy Hickerson and comics that we would have never seen. Right. Um those sort of independent comics printed at that point in time. And we're that you know, we got an introduction to the, the more underground comics through the nineties because the speculator boom of the nineties really turned me off in terms of, of sell, sell, sell number ones, number ones, number ones, variant, variant, variants. Luckily mm-hmm. we're nowhere near that now. <laughs> right. We're definitely another kind of speculator boom. And then I, you know, I, I got to tell you that when you reach a certain age, you start saying, okay, I'm going to do this now. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I want to make comics, but I can't draw. So I'm going to learn how to draw. So mm-hmm. I got all the books. I still have all the books. I got pad, the drawing pad, the special pencil, the special eraser, three hours a night, sketching, drawing, working on exercises from a book. Yeah. After about three months, my wife, sat down with me and said, it's, it's not going to happen. Oh, really? It's not going to happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? And she's like, I, I don't think drawing is for you. <laughs> <laughs> all in, all in a really good, warm, empathetic way. Right. Uh, so out of that, I still wanted to do comics. Mm hmm. And Kickstarter was just starting and I backed this book called Kicking Ice. Have you ever seen this book? It's funny. We talked oh, about it. No, yeah, I no, I have not, but now I want to read it. <laughs> so this is a, this is a, a comic. Uh, Stephanie Phillips actually, who writes tons of oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Now, She's a great writer. Yeah. Uh, wrote this and I backed this on Kickstarter and I was like, you're going to make a comic on Kickstarter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I I turned 50 and I was like, okay, this is it. I, It's not halfway. You, you just look at there are less days ahead than there are behind. Right. And, and I'm, and I'm nowhere near any sort of end or anything. It's not, it's more of a get up and go thing. Right. So I was like, okay, I can't draw this. And a thing that I started out with from the very beginning mm-hmm. is that artists deserve to be paid. Right. And artists deserve to be paid their value and their worth. Mm-hmm. And there's just no way around that. I cannot ethically take advantage of an artist. I've, I have loved and benefited from comic book art in my life since I was a child. Mm -hmm. I cannot ask somebody to do this for exposure or anything crazy like that. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So, okay. I got to pay an artist. So that's Kickstarter bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to raise money. I'm going to write it. And then, uh, I guess I'll letter it, I guess. Right. (laughs) <laughs> Nobody's got a letter it all letter it. Mm-hmm. So the first thing in that process is you have to have material 
Because right. if you go to an artist and say, hey, I'd like to pay you to make my book, the first question they're going to ask is, well, can I read the script? Or can I read a synopsis or something? And right. I was like, okay. So I wrote Spirit, the graphic novel, which was 120 pages. It's beautiful. It's, mm-hmm. The story still haunts me how wonderful it is. <laughs> And a friend of mine sent me a Kickstarter uh, sort of worksheet. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to have to raise a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> to do a, a full graphic novel. Right. And while I'm doing this, I'm, you know, I've, d- I've done some things before, so I know how to do them. And the first thing I did was look at all the successful Kickstarters on the comics subcategory on Kickstarter, right? Right. What what do all these things have in common? Mm-hmm. Right. The strong visuals, great name, all the things that make and sell a comic, right? Right. Yeah. And it got to be a point where I'm like, oh, that's not going to make that comic. It's not going to make. Mm-hmm. It's great, but it's not going to make. But this one, oh yeah, that'll make in ten days. Right. So while I was doing that, I saw a piece of art. And this piece of art was by a woman named Melissa Caparione from Fort Wayne. I didn't mm-hmm. know she was Fort Wayne. I didn't know who she was at all. I knew nothing about her, right. but I knew that the ghost in that picture was exactly the ghost in my head for spirit. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, bam, I got to find <laughs> out about her. Right. So, it takes like four days for me to craft this email because I'm like, okay, I'm an old white guy who's going to ask you to do art. I don't want to come across as creepy. I don't want to come across as anything but a guy who wants to pay you because your art's gorgeous. Right. And so I sent a sort of pitch along to her included with the 120 page script. And she's like, yeah, let's do this. Nice. I was like, wow. <laughs> and she told me her prices. And I'm like, you deserve that much. But wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so because of that, I'm like, okay, I can't raise $40,000 on my first Kickstarter. Because anyone who teaches you anything about Kickstarter and I... I, I want to tell people, I want to warn people that there are people who will try to sell you Kickstarter services. Right. And for the most part, these are snake oil salesmen. There's yeah. a couple of good ones, especially in the comic book industry. There are, there are, and if you, if you want to know more about that, just email me. I'll, I'll tell anybody who I like and who I don't. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, It's all about network. Mm-hmm. Now, Melissa had an established network. She had been doing a webcomic and had successful Kickstarters. Check. Mm-hmm. I had a network of friends and family already, as well as people who I could talk to. Plus, I think you're probably getting the idea that I'll talk to anybody about comics for any amount of time. <laughs> so check. Okay. Um, but I'm not going to raise 30 grand on my first Kickstarter. It's just an impossibility. Right. You're you're setting yourself up for failure. Okay, right. well, we'll take the first 24 pages, put it in a book. There we go. Well, no, because 
all that first 24 pages of a graphic novel is introduction, Mm -hmm. right? It's scene setting. And you get to the end of that 24 pages and you're like, Hmm. And it, it, like you want to create a readership, but you want to create an experience from start to finish. Right. Yeah. So I took the 120 pages and made 24. And boy, I had some tough cuts. There were some, yeah. There were some super tough cuts, but I saved it all. Mm-hmm. may show up again. Some parts <laughs> of that may show up again. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, and made a complete story. And I think that plus the Mel- Melissa and I's network, plus the advice that she gave me as a first time Kickstarter mm-hmm. helped so much because it is a, it is a physical, emotional and mental activity to run. A yeah, it is. It is. A big buildup, and then there's the first day, and then you're exhausted, and you want to quit. And Melissa's like, "No, it's okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It'll yeah. be okay." Right. And then you get really close, and you're like, "Oh, it's never gonna happen." And then it happens, and you're like, "Ah, oh, okay." And then it ends, and you're like, "Oh, well, crap. I got to make all the books." Yeah, do it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I do that at Publish Thunder, play Doctor Press. We're all going along hunky dory so this is june and july of 2019 mm-hmm. well guess what happens <laughs> yeah a global catastrophe happens on a scale that has never happened in any of our lifetimes so right. spirit one gets a little delayed uh-huh. <laughs> uh, because melissa has stuff to deal with i have stuff to deal with and and it just get it's the but we get it done and mm-hmm. we get it out to our backers. Like the, there was a point where I couldn't mail things to Canada. And I had a lot of Canadian backers because I had friends and family in Canada who had backed it and they couldn't get their product because I was, I couldn't send it to them. Right. So they mm-hmm. they kind of stopped mail service, personal mail service during the pandemic. Right. During that period, I was like, well, I got a letter of this comic now and mm-hmm. I need to learn how to do this. And so one of the things I wanted to do was learn how to letter. And so what I did was I created Zed, which was an all female team of space sci-fi adventurers, kind of in an eighties vein that uh, were done by different artists that I got to write a complete story in six pages, which is an exercise I recommend for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I also then got to letter and learn how to letter and work with different artists and get my contracts all sorted and everything like that. Um, And so I published those on the web thinking that maybe I'll do a couple of minis for a convention sometime. Mm -hmm. Right. And so going back to the beginning, the other thing is, and and dude, I love my dudes in underwear beating each other up. I When we get to the books I'm reading now, you'll see I got Batman and Superman and all that stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to do that. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that because Marvel calls up tomorrow and says, can you write Daredevil? I'm going to say let me think about yes, 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm not denigrating that stuff. What right. I'm saying is I wanted to put create a space where there was more inclusion, especially about young women in comics. Right. Because you you go through um previews, the diamond book, mm-hmm. and you still see so much of it. It's better, but it's not where it needs to be yet. It's mm-hmm. getting there. We're get it's improving, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um can you imagine if something like Guy Gardner was introduced now? Like Guy Gardner to us in the 80s was like, oh, dude, you're a little behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't I don't so, think anyone would be pitching that idea today. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, so I wanted I wanted the book to be like that. And spirit was always meant to be young women of color using science to solve problems. Mm-hmm. not fisticuffs. And again, right. I will, you know, I read Watchmen and Dark Knight every year. There's a lot of fisticuffs in, yeah. in Watchmen and Dark Knight and and Born Again. I read Born Again probably every year too mm-hmm. from Daredevil. So it's not that I don't think that that's valid. It's just I wanted to do something different. Yeah. No, and I agree. And, I, I think that's a great idea is, is to give – more kinds of stories out there than what we have because I think comics has just become synonymous with superheroes and people um, you know of the general public just forget that comics you know also tell stories that's not superhero related so I I totally get where you're coming from because I love the superhero genre and love those comics but I also love the ones that aren't anything about superheroes and are telling stories well and if you go to Japan that's a whole like Oh, there's no superhero comics in yeah. Japan. It's like all slice it's of all, life, and yeah, all, yeah. The biggest comics in Japan are golf and baseball comics. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Where is the hockey comic other than kicking <laughs> ice? Yeah, yeah. There's also uh, there's another hockey comic called called. Uh, it's about a kid who plays college hockey. Check, please. Check, please. Yes. yes. I had a guest on the show, um, Sasha, who told me about that. And I actually, I have it queued up and I've read a few chapters. I, I'm still meaning to go through it, but it's a really good, fantastic story so far. Yeah. But she was the one who told me about that. Yeah. What I love about that book is it does it does gay, it does cooking, it does romance, yes. and it does hockey all right. Yes. I'm like, it is, re- yeah, it's really, it is so good. Yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah definitely. So I wanted to do all that. And of course, I talked to Melissa, and Melissa's in Fort Wayne. First of all, I'm like, you're in Fort Wayne? Well, that's fantastic. And then, second of all, she's gay. And I'm like, okay, well, the, the, I, I also, set out with probably Dr. Press to only hire um, people of color or marginalized people to work on my books. Uh-huh. That's, that's all I want because, yeah. because, okay, if you come to me, you're a cis young man and you have beautiful artwork, I'm going to say this artwork is beautiful, but it's not for my company. Right. And, and I'll recommend you to other companies, you know, I'm not saying 
you're going to get opportunities. So I'm mm-hmm. going to provide opportunities to people who get fewer opportunities than you. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm not out to change the world or anything. I'm just out to help some people in Argentina and Bolivia and Fort Wayne who maybe don't get those choices every time. Right. To, to get their voices into comics. Right. Right. So. That's really cool. I love I love hearing that because I think, you know, those those are the kinds of opportunities that would be really great um, to see and to be able to know that there are people who are consciously making those choices uh, from the get go and, and not using it as kind of like a, you know, uh, kind of like a, a public relation or, you know, kind of like you know, look at what we're doing, like pat on the shoulder type of thing. But this is actually a part of the mission of the company to be able to do that sort of thing. It's where I spend my money. Right. Yeah. I love hearing that. That's the important thing to me. So, you know, and I, I grew up reading, you know, it's a, it is a comic that I, everybody has that eighties comic. They, they love that. They think no one else loves for me. (laughs) For me, it's Atari force. Jose Hmm. Garcia Lopez did some amazing artwork. Mm-hmm. He he was already most people understand Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Yeah, he did all the Marvel. He did all the DC. Um, like this is your what your character is supposed to look like books and all that stuff. He did some amazing artwork. Mm-hmm. But that book, which was a book for a video game company. Mm-hmm. The, and now I'm talking about volume two, not the seriously crazy red outfits. I'm talking about volume two. Mm-hmm. The lead character was a woman who was of Irish and Hinduist Hindu descent. She had full body facial tattoos and um, was in a polygamous relationship with multiple partners. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is in the 80s? <laughs> yeah. They got away with it because it's an Atari book. No one pays attention to that Atari <laughs> book. That Atari book is some seriously good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So because of that, I I printed out Spirit One. I start taking it to cons. And what do you know? People like it. And people start <laughs> buying. So we do Spirit Two. Now... In the meantime, I had been contacted with a publisher. And now I know one of your questions was about this, so I want to address this. Okay. They backed us at the first Kickstarter. They were super great company from out west, Mm -hmm. uh, run by a trans man. All the right checkboxes, right? I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, they're going to run our Kickstarters, and all I'm going to do is write a letter. I I like this idea. Mm Mm-hmm. The pandemic hits and it affects people in different ways. Right. And they bit off more than they can chew. Okay. And couldn't, they couldn't market my book the way I wanted it marketed. And then they, there was a photo of one of their shows and they didn't even have my book on their table. Mm. And I was like, you guys are great, but this is not working as a business relationship. Right. So I, I broke ties with them and three months later we're kickstarting spirit two because they, it had become a process to do spirit two as well. It become, so now I'm extremely lucky and I, 
I will sing the praises of Melissa up and down because um, she is a star and is a rising star. And the fact that she wants to do spirit doesn't want anybody else to do spirit Mm -hmm. and uh, is charging me significantly less than what she charges other people for spirit. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely so happy. So we spirit too. I'd sell some minis of Zed and out of all this, I do the spirit Two Kickstarter. And I quickly realized that I need to do a second printing of spirit one. Mm-hmm. So now I'm on the second printing of spirit one. Kickstarter two happens. The pages come in. We get the book printed. Indie comic-con man. I, first of all, you're a big dude. I was not aware of how big you are. I am. Yeah, I'm I'm six six for people who don't know. Uh which is one of the reasons why I love to cosplay as Kingpin because it's just really natural for me. But yeah, I, yeah. I I'm, I'm a very tall guy. <laughs> you don't yeah. have to do. <laughs> I just put on a suit and I'm Kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. So Indie Comic Con, I sold ninety one books there. Oh wow. Which is insane. That's yeah. a third of a print run for me. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, I got to do uh, a spirit, um, spirit one third printing because you need to have more number ones than you need to have almost double number ones and number twos, right? Mm-hmm. Because people buy number one, it's right? Just, it's just what happens. You yeah. always have to have more. They want to start with the beginning before yep. they take the next one. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. But. Because of the success of that, because this is a hobby for me, right? Right. I'm paying for most of this out of my own pocket, Mm -hmm. except for what I get in Kickstarters. My accountant was like, how did you get this money again? (laughs) You just ask people for it. He he didn't really get Kickstarters. I had to kind of explain to him. He's like, so I could go in there and like write a book about taxes and people would fund it. I'm like, if they're interested in it, yeah. <laughs> how many the buzz you create over it. Right. So now yeah. I have now now I have almost a third printing of Spirit One. It'll be this summer. I do a third printing. Mm-hmm. I have a four hundred person mailing list. I have Zed all collected in that one issue book as well. Mm-hmm. Things are going well. So that is where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I think mostly you know. I joke about it, but the pandemic slowed me down Mm -hmm. ways that I I've learned to appreciate in terms of if I had been like, Oh, I'm going to have six books by this time, you know, and then the pandemic hits, I would have been overwhelmed. Right. I would have not created books that I was happy with. And I have lots of ideas for books, but it really helps knowing Things like who I'm going to hire, the voices that I'm going to support, mm-hmm. and yeah. I want a I want a a table at a con where any child can come up and look at any of my books. Mm-hmm. So that okay, well, that's like six ideas. Are no, they're probably not kid friendly. Right. So, but but that's that's a that's also like to get markety about it. There's not that in the comics area. 
Mm-hmm. There is a lot of dudes fighting demons with swords, books, <laughs> and, you know, there. as a parent, you must know that there are some tables that you look at are like, okay, we're going to move on here. Oh, yeah. I did, I did that multiple times at Indiana Comic Con. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my, the, the local shop owner here in Bloomington has worked really well with me and always stocked my books, which is, okay, there we go. That That's is great. A, a lifetime goal. I walk into my local comic book shop and there is my book on the shelf. That's awesome. It's like, wow. Yeah. Okay. So he's like a retailer wants to know if it's able for all little kids. Cause a little kid, like an all ages book, they can put anywhere in their store. Right. So that immediately opens you up to more spots in your store. Mm-hmm. You put a price tag on it, so then they don't have to price it. They don't mm-hmm. have to put it in a bag and price it so people can open it up and look at it. All these little things that I had no idea about re- with retail, I've been helped along with because of Matt, our local comic book guy. He's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. So we will do, I just got finished messaging back and forth with Melissa. We're Spirit three will be in the fall. Mm-hmm. Sasquatch. Spirit one was ghost. Spirit two was fake psychics. Spirit three will be Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. So, and we have ideas for four and five already. So we're going to do five issues, which will be the character's junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And then, then after five issues, then we're going to do a graphic novel, which will be their senior year in high school. Oh, cool. So, so you've built your network. And so yeah. then I'll have a six or 700 person mailing list and then $30,000 on a Kickstarter isn't out of the question. Right. 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 Awesome. So that, that and a new IP, which I'm working on right now before, because I getting stuff on your table is so it's so difficult because you can go tchotchkes and buttons and posters and stuff like that, but it's hard to do with an IP that people are unfamiliar with, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so I'm more concentrating on books over the next year. So I'll, I'll have a new IP and then spirit three by, I hope to do two Kickstarters this year. Nice. That's all. So you're, uh, what you're telling me is that you don't have enough to do, right? Well, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> uh, as we mentioned, I'm a podcaster as well. Yeah. That's a whole other thing. I have four 21 year old children who are all seniors at IU this year. No kidding. Yeah. So, uh, like, like yeah. they're, they're quadruplets. No triplets plus one. It's a mixed Brady bunch marriage. So. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So gotcha. Sarah, Sarah, my wife has triplets and then I have one. So gotcha. It, yeah. Just when you, yeah, just, Oh man, that's, 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 uh, that's really cool that they're all the same age and, and all that. So it just, yeah. yeah when, you, when you said that, I was just like, like you don't hear that very often. So, okay. Sorry. No. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're all no, seniors. When we yeah. went somewhere, we arrived. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we were a little party that moved. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> no kidding. Like when we went to the indoor playgrounds, people would go, "Oh, it got busy all of a sudden." <laughs> <laughs> we showed up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so let me ask you this: so, 
the the name Plague Doctor Press is really interesting. I'm kind of curious how you came up with that name and what made you decide to call it Plague Doctor Press. And, and the reason I'm asking this is because here you tell your stories like of the comics and books that you're writing has nothing to do with a plague doctor, it seems like, or maybe it does. And, and yeah. I just love that imagery, <laughs> plague doctors. And I was really into it. And the name I had, I had originally done the name and was talking to people about it mm-hmm. at wizard world in Chicago in 2001. Right. So yeah. The name is older than the company. Like really, <laughs> I started in March 2019 with the company the way mm-hmm. it is now, this mm-hmm. iteration of the company. So it's a little over four years old. Gotcha. But that name has always been. And plus, I always like PDP. Yeah. Shortens nicely. Yeah. And press, I always, I'm a, a huge printing nerd. I love all sorts of printing and typewriters and all sorts of things like that. So mm-hmm. that always interested me. So those two things together, because people have asked me, is that like a reference to the pandemic? And I'm like, no, the pandemic came <laughs> along and I just happened to jump on. Because yeah. we used to, we did stickers and I need to do another set of them, which said, has a plague doctor on it and says, uh, reading comics got me through the pandemic. <laughs> That's clever. So, I like that. <laughs> so I'm not one to not take advantage of that marketing, but PDP has always been a, a long-term thing. And I I thought it also worked with Dark Horse, like mm. Dark Horse Presents. Right. I liked Plague Dr. Press Presents. You know, mm-hmm. I thought that kind of rolled off the tongue. And mm-hmm. I, it's such a striking image. It's so fun to play with. Yeah. And, and you know, I had different people who have said, like, brought – plague doctor stuff up to me at cons and stuff. It's a, it's a starting point in the conversation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so talk about long-term for the company, then Um, you're already shared, you know, the projects you already have in, in process for um, spirits, you know, issues four or five and doing a graphic novel, their senior in high school. Um, Other stories are coming out from plague doctor press that you have in the plans and, in terms of a company, is it something that you're hoping to kind of keep smaller and independent? Or are you hoping to like maybe grow it or, you know, would you ever be open to if one of the other, you know, larger uh, publishing companies said like, we want to, you know, have you on as part of our um, publishing, like, you know, as like an imprint or something like that, like, you know, any plans or visions no, for Play not Dr. really Press? plans or visions right now, kind of, if I do this the next 10 years, I'll be more than happy. I got, I got, I have color comics that I've made that are for sale in stores and that, that people have read. Okay. Done. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm very happy with that. That's awesome. Uh, uh, And uh, that being said, I, you know, I'm not adverse to, listening to those things but after our experience with the other publishing company i i'd have a lot more questions up front now Mm -hmm. that i that i just i was naive a 50 year old naive white dude and i can admit that (laughs) (laughs) and and i didn't ask the right questions and that's okay it's a learning experience right um i 
I cannot think with the success Melissa has had because Melissa has a book out from Dark Horse now. She has a book coming out from Simon and Schuster that mm. I'm not allowed to talk about yet, but will be. <laughs> and that's that's real publishing. That's right. fifty thousand units and things like that, which are astonishing numbers. No well, kidding. The, the biggest comic book publishers now are Scholastic and Simon and Schuster and Little yeah. Brown. And, you know those. Yeah. those Tagmire books and th- things like that. And th- that's great. That's getting more graphic stories into mm-hmm. the hands of people who have never read them before. And I think that's yeah. fantastic. I, I think if I remember correctly, I think Scholastic made Dogman extremely successful. Um, if I'm thinking that they're the ones that do it, because I, I remember talking to somebody about how Dogman was, you know, just kind of the, a series that out there that was like kind of did okay. But then once Scholastic got a hold of it, like it just yeah. became immensely popular with kids and all that. So, yeah. Awesome. You know, we, we as older geeks realize that we live in a wealth of possibilities now. Mm-hmm. I watched a D and D movie on the weekend. <laughs> okay. The the Dungeons and Dragons uh, Honor Among Thieves. I was told in the eighth grade we couldn't have a D and D club because it was satanic. <laughs> I was like, my life has seen a wholesale change. Oh yeah, right? yeah, like oh yeah. It's 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 definitely different now than when we were growing up. Because when we were growing up, like it was like yeah, it was like you know there was it, it wasn't like general pop culture necessarily but it was definitely on the skirts of it of of all these comic book movies and and shows and stuff like that was like they're kind of popular but like not everybody was really into it or anything like that it's more like popular as as a sub as a sub genre still um so if like if you like comic books and you like this these things and stuff like that and and the the population of those people were definitely getting bigger but it's like now Everybody loved these things. Everybody loves the yeah. indie. Everybody loves all the comic book movies and and all this stuff. And so it's it's yeah. just it's definitely you know flipped in terms of you know how it's been approached, how it's been seen in the general uh, population and and in pop culture things like that, and how mainstream it has gotten versus you know mainstream in a subculture uh, part of the world. So yeah, it's definitely Turtles. changed a lot. Just, yeah, just look at Turtles. Turtles yeah. was a book by two guys in New England that they printed at the local print shop. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And there have been several movies. Yep. Like that. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Won. It's awesome. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh. Well, Mark, thank you very much for talking to us about uh, Plague Doctor Press and all your books are coming out with Spirit and Zed. This is really exciting. This is really cool to hear your story about how it got started, what your vision was in terms of the um, people that you want to hire and bring on to the company to help create these stories and the kinds of stories you want to create. And th- I think this is very aspirational. So, um, yeah. So thank you for sharing your story with us. I think this is really cool. You know, I, I I want to do my part of getting a broader comics audience and new voices and new images into that art as much as possible. I can see a time where I'm not doing the writing or the lettering, that it's all, you know, marginalized or people of color doing 
and people of color doing all those things because that would be great, you know, just to know that because we're going to get stories that we've never seen before, like, like natural born Chinese. So mm-hmm. that is coming out on Disney, I think next month. Yeah. Like that pretty is a soon. Story, yeah. That's a story that wouldn't have been told 15 years ago. Right. And, and we get that wonderful story. Shang-Chi is another one. We just get different stories mm-hmm. and different story arcs, Black Panther, all, all that stuff. Even in the mainstream of comics, we're beginning to get different stories. Right. You, you read Batgirls now, that comic is so subversive and so different a- along with being a nod to all the superhero genres and, and things like that. But it is also like what we would have thought, like it's about teenagers and their relationships as well as what they do on a daily basis. We would have thought that was an Archie comic in the eighties. Right. But, but it's a mainstream comic now yeah oh yeah awesome well thank thank you very much um we're going to dive into the next segment of the show which is the comics we're reading um so before we get right into that i want to remind people that this show is part of comic watch uh, which is a grassroots organization that is all volunteer based and does reviews and news about comic books tv shows movies gaming so we're always looking for reviewers and writers so if you're interested in joining comic watch or want to talk to us about it uh, i will put a link in the show notes below and then as a little bit of a snippet or a preview of what we're going to be doing next week, next week we're going to have Matt Kent on the show to talk about his graphic novel that came out um, last month or two months ago uh, called Mr. Mammoth. So um, so that's what, we're, what you can expect for next week. Uh, going into comics we're reading, let's share what some of our community has been reading or uh, what they share that they're reading. Um, so from Comic Watch, we have Gabriel DeJesus says that Duna and I have re an Academy X slash new X-Men uh, for our show today, which is uh, called Mutant Watch. Uh, I knew I liked it, but I forgot how grounded into the soap opera roots it was in a time where the main X-Men titles were all over the place. It also did a lot of emotional weight for the era. Um, Aaron Kleinman said that I read issue number one of Seven Years in Darkness. Pretty good. Excited to see the next issue. And B-Rat said, I'm reading the entire Kate Kane Batwoman comics to research for Sasha and remembering why I loved her to begin with. Uh, Rucka's hands down one of the greatest creators who have had the chance to create and cultivate some of the strongest feminist icons in DC's long and varied history. Uh, from the Illumina Casters Discord, which again, if you want to join that, I'll have the link in that in the show notes as well, too. Kim from the ODPH podcast said that he is catching up on the Best Jacket Press line from Scott Snyder for Comixology or Originals and Dark Horse. Uh, Book of Evil returns on May 23rd, along with the conclusion of Deadly Datsun and the Forever Machine. Joe Loves Comics said catching up with this week's polls. Excited to read Avengers, Fantastic Four, Superman, and more. Otherwise, I really enjoyed Decorum from Jonathan Hickman and Image Comics when I finished it on Friday. 
Friday. And then on Twitter, we have So Wizard Podcast said, bruh, Hulk annual number one from David Pepos, who's been on the show before. He's a great guy, um, was, and they, and they gave five chef uh, kiss emoji in their tweet there as well, too. So thank you, everybody, for sharing what you're reading and what you're uh, really enjoying right now. Um, there are some really good books. Mark, was there anything uh, from that list of what everybody shared that kind of stood out for you that you um, want to comment on at all? Uh, the, the Batwoman stuff is always just amazing. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that that, that exists. Yeah. So. I, I have not read any solo Batwoman uh, comics, but I'm currently actually reviewing um, Tim Drake, Robin and Batwoman is in this series yeah. for the last couple of issues. And it's been really cool to, to see them interact and kind of see a little bit more of the character from the comic books uh, point of view. Um, so yeah, so that one's a really cool one. And, and book of evil from Scott Snyder is a really good one. I reviewed the second one and it's very different because it's not a typical comic book, like, you know, falls panels and stuff like that. It's actually, they'll have a page that has like one or two pieces of art and then they have text overlay on it. So they're doing something different with the medium of comics. Um, I don't know if it's going to be something that really revolutionizes it at all, but it's a really good story and I can see them like adapting it to a novel or adapting it to, you know, some other uh, medium as well too. But that's a really good one that I'm really excited to hear come out. So in terms of format, comics are so elastic sometimes. Yes. They, They sometimes can be not so elastic in terms of content, but one of the books I want to talk about is, just breathtaking you turn the page and see different things that you would never have seen in a comic 10 years ago right speaking of so what are the comics that you're reading currently so first of all i gotta say i'm gonna i'm gonna put basil and oregano by melissa caplarione front and center by dark horse not only am i thanked in the front of this book but (laughs) (laughs) uh, i think this is one of the best graphic novels i've read this year uh it's uh uh, young adult graphic novel based on teen girls at a cooking school that's magic. Mm-hmm. All fantastic. But uh, a work of maturity from Melissa that that I'm, I've read it a couple of times now. Just absolutely breathtaking. I want to, of course, also uh, represent Gender Queer, which is a book that everybody should read all mm-hmm. of the time. Uh, it's a book that's purposely being banned right now and shouldn't be it should right. be in the hands of trans and, and lgbtq youth uh i just finished uh black cat social club today this was fun mm-hmm. uh the, a great fun book this is the book that i talked about uh this uh dark spaces wildfire book okay by yeah. St- scott snyder this is a breathtaking book it is a group of young women convicts who are forest fires who discover a house in the middle of the forest mm-hmm. that has millions of dollars of crypto on a server in it. Oh, and wow. So decide, it becomes a heist book, right? Mm-hmm. Because then they have to fight the fire and steal the crypto. But it's so much more than that. There were page turns in here that I gasped. <laughs> both visually and story wise. I love that reaction. Yeah. When, when you yep. just, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. Um, I also want to talk about um, independent books that you may not have seen. I'm, I'm a big collector of books that are about comics and about making comics uh-huh. all the way from, 
from understanding comics to the, to the latest thing, which I think the latest thing is this book called Filth and Grammar, mm-hmm. which is done by Shelley Bond, who is, if you know anything about comics, she's a famous editor within comics. In a graphical way, she explains comics better than anyone I've ever understood. The The business of making comics. So, like, she takes you through how a reviewer, how an editor reviews your pitch, like, this is how an editor reviews your pitch. This is how an what an editor is exactly looking for. Yeah. And that that book, that book kickstarted from her. It has some fantastic artwork in it. This may be the best Riddler book of all time. Yes, without a doubt. Um, I this is the my dark night of Riddler comics. I'm a Riddler fan. I love Batman, but I'm a Riddler guy. I've always been a Riddler guy, right from Frank Gorshin in Mm -hmm. the Batman cartoon. And this, I, I would have loved to seen Frank Gorshin as an older man do this. Oh yeah. It would have been with Michael Keaton as Batman would have been absolutely brilliant. It just, yeah, there is not a Riddler book like this. And the, the Batman one bad day line has great books in it but Mm -hmm. this is so far superior than everything else in my opinion yeah it's really Uh, well done you know it's batman and it's catwoman yeah and it's christmas songs and they're in love (laughs) and batman's dead and batman's (laughs) alive and there's time differences and Uh joker's an old guy who lives in florida and uh, yeah there's just so much there and if you know anything about the story behind it, there's uh, the creator. One of the creators passed away with cancer during the, the run of this. Yes. And so the scene he's creating, there's a scene in the annual where Batman is dying. Yeah. From cancer. Mm-hmm. And he's in the bathroom and Selena is helping him. And it is, one of the most poignant things I've ever seen in, in comics, and it's in a Batman comic. Right. Yeah. Nobody's in costume or anything like that, but it is a man who is sick and dealing with a life of being powerful. Mm-hmm. He's been to space. Yeah. On a basis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Chip Zdarsky. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But his body is killing him. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, oh. Absolutely brilliant. And what I love about that story is just like what you said, it it tells a story that spans like 60 years, but like simultaneously from like when Batman and Catwoman were first introduced to each other to when they were pretty solid in their relationship to, um, well, when they were solid, like, you know, they were married and things like that to, you know, the, the ending part of it. And and they were telling it like at this, at the same time. So in the same issue, they would go back and forth between those moments in time that still kind of tied in together. So it was a really creative and really interesting way to tell a story of a, of a lifelong journey between these two characters. And so it was really, really interesting. Along with 12 Christmas Carol. Yes. (laughs) Which is just like own separate issue that you can get too. Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is a, clearly a, a nod to Sale and Loeb's mm-hmm. a Long Halloween, yes. which is another piece of brilliant art that I love. I I I think I read Long Halloween at least once a year too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thank you. you know, I love those books, and and there's some that you know, as you said, like I haven't uh, 
I haven't been aware of before, but you know, some of the other ones that you said, like, I absolutely love those books. And so it doesn't surprise me that those are on there. So, well, so this is my pitch. My pitch is this, that we mm-hmm. live in a comic platinum age right now. There's mm-hmm. more books being produced than ever before. Right. Um, the big two are doing great stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they're struggling. I, I know they are, but they're making great stuff. Like, some of those books are just fantastic. Yeah. I think the the more they leave continuity behind, the better they do. But there is independent books now that are being made from mm-hmm. every company, from Dark Horse to Image to Humanoids to yes. One Second to – there's a million really good, brilliant comics being produced everywhere mm-hmm. never mind the fact that you see stuff on kickstarter every day where you're like whoa yeah i never thought of that and that's such a cool idea yeah oh you yeah know, and great stories that, too yeah they're all yeah. great stories yeah and we just live in a in a a, a platinum age of comics right now yes it's, more comics are being produced more comics are being read than ever before mm-hmm Agreed. Every town is a comic book shop now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. And, and they can range from, you know, something like really, you know, a large shop to, you know, even something that might be small. And it's not just comics, but they also do, uh, you know, like toys and collectibles and things like that. There's, there's one store um, in a town I went by where it, it was kind of like a whole hodgepodge of stuff. And they had a rack of comics that were just like the issues that just came out. But I mean, you know, they say they get people that come by and buy it and everything. And so it's definitely a lot more accessible than what it has been in the past. Now it's not as accessible as like when you were able to buy comics at the grocery store, but yeah. I think we're seeing it, you know, expanding back out again to what well, we used and, to see. Yeah. You know, if you, you learn the history of behind TMNT and how Laird and it got their start uh-huh. through selling through head shops and things like that. That sort of head shop grew into the comic book store, which was a place where ladies did not go <laughs> and was dark and had lots of long boxes. Um, that, that image is also going away right? Uh, where you have, now comic book shops inviting well-marketed places. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at you. I love, I have one of my prized comic possessions is I have a CD that is the first 40 years. It's a DVD. The first 40 years of fantastic four comics that oh, are scanned cool. in. So it has every page and the art for all the ads and everything. Oh, every- that's cool. And first of all, it is a it is a letterer's dream because I'm like, I need an idea for a thing that goes like this. Okay, right. Fantastic Four fought a motorcycle guy in this issue. Right. There you go. I look it up. Okay, that's how they made a motorcycle sound. Right. It, it gives you a starting point. But also all those ads, like you see the crap marketing that was in the 80s and 90s comics. Yeah. That is now like super slick and beautiful. And we, we get so many books that are like this, that, that Batman Catwoman book is just beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. And, and you look at uh, the work of Ed Piscor and Jim Rugg on those grand design books. They're, they're works of art 
for right. Marvel like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so some of the comics I'm reading for this week is I, I mentioned this earlier before, but I'm currently re- doing uh, reviews for comic watch. One of them is Tim Drake, Robin number nine is coming out. Um, and, and it's a good issue. It, it's, you know, if you've been enjoying Tim Drake, Robin, you know, up to this point, you'll enjoy this one. This one's a little bit, um, I don't want to necessarily say slower, but it seemed like, you know, I, I read through it pretty quickly than some of the other issues. And, and it seems like there's not, there's some stuff happening, but not as much of what you've seen in the other issues. So I think this is one of those ones where it's kind of a fast read. Um, and then I'm also doing a review for Radiant Pink number five, which was a really interesting issue. Um, this one, again, you know, I, I'm not going to spoil this for, for anyone, but this one I feel like probably wasn't the strongest um, issues in the whole series that they've had. Um, so, but if you're interested in reading those reviews, I'll have that on our website. And it's also going to be on comic watch websites as well, too. Um, for my pull list, I'm going to be picking up daredevil and echo number one, um, which I'm really excited about Darkwing duck number five, which has been a great series so far. And I'm absolutely love the fact that it's still going to continue on. Um, Picking up issue number four, Spider-Man 2099 Dark Genesis, which originally I picked up and started pulling because I thought Daredevil 2099 was going to be in it. And turns out not really. So now I'm just like, I've already collected three issues. I might as well finish it out. Um, and then I'm also picking up the volume one of the Poison Ivy series. It's been written by J. Will- uh, G. Willow Wilson, uh, which I read issue number seven, I believe. And I had to do the review for Comic Watch. And it was a, such a fantastic issue that I didn't want to read any other issues because I want to get the, the collected, I, uh, the collected volume and be able to read it from issue one. Um, but another series I'm also been reading this week as well to prepare for Supermassive 2 that's coming out is I'm re- going back and reading all the Supermassive collections. So Radiant uh, Black, Radiant Red, Rogue Sun, Dead Lucky, all those series. I'm going to try to read through to um, get caught up on all the stories so that way I can read Supermassive and Supermassive 2 that's come out this week. So. Um, thank you everybody for sharing the comics you're reading. Mark, thank you for sharing as well as coming on the show to talk about Plague Doctor Press. Before I let you go, again, thank you very much. Where can people find you and your work for Plague Doctor Press and your Kickstarters online? Uh, so PlagueDoctorPress.com is probably the best place to find us. We're also in Instagram and Twitter. Uh, as well as I post videos on YouTube of my lettering process and things like that. Uh, just look for Plague Doctor Press or Spirit as S P I R I T with uh, as an anagram because you know the Spirit is a whole different comic. Yes, <laughs> um, which is a brilliant comic, but uh, Spirit is an anagram, and uh, uh, there will be. Uh, they you can join our mailing list on there. Uh, right off, right up the on the top of our website, uh, as well as following us on any of those sources. Uh, you, when you do a Kickstarter, you think you tell everybody, and then about ten days in, somebody goes, "You're doing a Kickstarter," and you're like, <laughs> "I thought I told everybody." Yeah. For the time that you do your Kickstarter, you kind of start every conversation with, "By the way, have I told you about my Kickstarter?" Yeah. Um, but you just can't talk about it enough. There's right. always gonna you're gonna meet people on the 25th day who are like, oh, "I haven't heard of this," and you're like, <laughs> "Okay." I've been screaming it from the rooftops for months. Right. But, but that, and that's, 
all part of it, but uh, follow me on any of those sources. Uh, you can pick up Spirit 1 and 2 available at Vintage Phoenix Comics in Bloomington if you want, or uh, you can get one off the website now, but I'm like I said, I got to do a third printing because I'm only almost out of ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, if any of my Kickstarter backers are watching this, uh, fulfillment starts tomorrow morning on uh, Spirit Number Two. So you should be getting your book soon. So. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Mark, for coming on the show. And the best of luck to you and to Blake Dr. Press. Thank you. And that wraps up another episode of The Caps in Life. I hope you enjoyed listening, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You can follow us on social media at Caps in Life. And if you like what we're doing, give us a shout-out by tagging us in your post or send us a message. For more information about us and all of our previous episodes, visit thecapsinlife.com. Oh, 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 o